Good morning. Today is, I don't know. What it's the 19th. 19th. Okay, so October 1st, October 19th, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts. And it's 2020. It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy Grab your coffee and your Bible. Listen to what the Spirit says. It's time for daybreak. Daybreak. Good morning, brothers and sisters. And uh, our hearts are breaking this morning for so many people. And I think this morning, Miss Megan is going to play and sing too, right? The Hatikva is the Israeli national anthem on this Thursday. And uh, to just, you know, make a statement, we stand with Israel. Our family stands with Israel. You know, it's our people. It's the homeland. It's the land of our King Jesus, and it's where he's returning to. And we do pray for everyone involved in these terrible things that are happening. And only God knows where it's going. But we'll let her sing. just beautiful thank you it was beautiful thank you thank you thank you thank you the war is affecting people all over the world many of you know uh, pastor Nadim in Pakistan pastor Nadim has church without walls in Pakistan Lahore Pakistan some of you know uh, we sent blessings and offerings recently because Pastor Nadim and his wife cooked food and they drove about four hours away from where they live 
to feed and help Christians that had been persecuted, their homes been burned, things of that nature. Well, those things were posted on Facebook, and uh, the hotel, the Muslim hotel he works for, saw them. And with the war that now is sprung up and the battles that's going on anyway, they let him go, and so he lost his job. Uh, he cooked for the hotel, and and so uh, he needs prayer. You know, Pastor Nadim and his wife and his family need prayer. Amen? Amen. And people around the world need prayer because... The world is, is, is stirred up, and, you know, people need to make your decisions where you stand on this. And where you stand on this has to be you stand because of what's right and what's wrong, not what's popular or what people around you want you to stand on. Amen. So would you join with me, and let's just pray. God, I lift Pastor Nadim and Sana to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, in Jesus' name, Yesukenami, would you touch him, help him? God, would you open up a door and give him a job? Yes. Help him, Lord. He's willing to work and provide for his family. Please help him, Lord. Please help him. God, please draw close to your people all over the world that are suffering. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And help us, Lord. Uh, to be ever about your business in your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Lord, I want to just lift up the innocent and the war on both sides. We know there's many innocent people, and God, we do pray for the innocent. But God, we ask and, and beg of you to make an end, please, Lord, make an end to the hatred that goes on in this world the evil hatred that wants to kill and destroy people just because they're different. And Father, may that go away. We look for the time when you return, Jesus, and set up on your throne and have a righteous government over all the earth. Thank you so much for your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeshua's name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, and so... I think we ended with verse 24 yesterday, and thank you guys for being here. I love you guys very much. A revival has been going good. I think there was a couple claimed sal salvation last night, three, and praise the Lord for that, and uh, God is moving, and revival is coming, and in the midst of revival, as God starts filling your heart, you know what? The enemy starts attacking as well. Can I get an amen? So that's just, it's a warfare. I started this revival out Monday night. I mean, the starting of my, when I was started preaching, is that I hold to a warfare worldview. Now, I'll probably talk about that tomorrow. Probably going to actually have a fear not, not Friday tomorrow uh, and, and talk about some of those kind of things. Uh, if we can, at least if we can finish cha uh, chapter 21 today. So let's get at it. Chapter 21, Proverbs 21, verse 24, a proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name. He acts with arrogant pride. Arrogant, pride, haughty, the proud look, 
God does not like that. No, why does God not like that? Well, because God knows how man really is. And there's nobody among man that should be able to have the haughty look and the, uh, the arrogant pride. I call it a spirit of preeminence. And it comes up in the churches. I preach about it a whole lot. A lot of times I know it just goes right over people's head and they don't hear it. But when Christians think they're better than other Christians and this denomination thinks they're so much better than that, I mean, I'm telling you, it is ungodly. We need to love. We need to have love one for another. Scoffer is his name. It's not a good thing. Uh, that was 24. Okay. And uh, there it is. So now 25. The desire of a lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. The desire of a lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He will not labor. He will not work. He will not give any effort uh, to providing for his life. And we have talked about this many times because there's many proverbs on this. It comes up over and over and over and his hands refuse to labor. Uh, but, you know, in the what we started out with, talking about our brother, he's willing to labor but can't find a job. And this happens. This is one of the reasons why I am so encouraging of the Western Christians to be a little less concerned with their stuff and help other Christians in the world that are hurting. One of the reasons that I say that so much and I push for that so much is because, you know, in the West, we are blessed and we have, and it's, it's easier here. And uh, so thank God for those who are willing to share with those who are hurting. Verse 26, I think he's still talking about the lazy guy here. He says he covets greedily all day. He's always in need. He's always coveting. He's always coveting. Thou shalt not covet is one of the Ten Commandments. He's always coveting. Who? The lazy guy who won't work, right? He won't do anything. It says, but the righteous gives and does not spare. So this wasn't just something that Yeshua brought, Jesus brought in the New Testament when he says give, and it'll be given to you. This wasn't something he just came up with. This is in the Bible. It's in Proverbs. The righteous give. The righteous are a giving people. They love people, and they give, and they help. They don't spare. That's the character of the righteous. Verse 27. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? Now remember, this is written in the days of the system for forgiveness was sacrifice. You brought a sacrifice. You offered the sacrifice to receive forgiveness. Okay? Different sins required different sacrifices. That was the system 
They were under when Solomon is writing the book of Proverbs or writing these Proverbs down. But he's still saying here that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. In other words, the wicked heart, the one who comes to sacrifice, but he's really wicked. He doesn't mean it. It's not real. It's fake. I think uh, of, there's one of these, I think it's uh, the Nativity, that movie, The Nativity. Remember that movie? That We have that movie, don't we? And you remember where the king, he's coming to sacrifice. He's wicked, you know. He's the one that's going to try eliminate and kill all the babies. But, you know, he comes to the sacrifice and he, like, puts his head on the bull before they kill it. That's, that's the kind of the thought. He's got a wicked heart. The sacrifice means nothing to him. It's nothing, right? He's just going through the motions. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? In other words, he's bringing the sacrifice, but there's no real repentance in his heart. So, Brother Scott, how does that translate to our day? It would translate to our day of going up to the altar in front of the church and saying, God, I'm sorry, but inside you're not really sorry at all. You're just going through the motions. Or you're going up and you're saying, I'm sorry, just so that you can go do it again. Now, I realize that we battle every day with things in our life, and all of us do. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the struggle that it is to walk in holiness and walk in the righteous way of the Holy Ghost. But we're simply talking about when there's no intention of changing, okay? It would be the same kind of thing. There's just, it's fake. It's fake. Do you think, put it in the comments, what do you believe? Do you think anybody fakes their Christianity, fakes their repentance, fakes their humility? What do you think about that? They have wicked intent. They're just going through the emotions. I think there is. Verse 28, a false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A false witness, of course, thou shalt not bear false witness. But a false witness uh, actually someone last night asked me I was praying with someone at the altar I said what are we praying for? This person said I want help to quit lying I need help to quit lying I don't want to lie anymore and, and they were sincere. So we pray for the spirit of God to drive out that lying spirit because it was a confession. I need this. I'm lying. I lie a lot, right? Well, lying is not good. It's, it's, it's bad to lie. But false witness is even beyond that. It, it, it has the, the connotation within the false witness is like lying in court, bearing a false witness against somebody, spreading rumors and lies against People and then people take those lies and they talk about them continuously. You know, it's it's uh, not good and it's not going to end well. If you go to the book of Revelation it, and when it talks about those who get into heaven, it says, "All liars shall have their part in the fire." All liars, right? So thank you, Lord, for getting lying out of us. Because we'll tell the truth to our own detriment. Amen? We must. All right, verse 29. 
A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. Again, this is kind of talks about the path. You know, the wicked man hardens his face. You know, when we're, we become harder and harder and harder. When you start walking into hardness or into wickedness, it makes you become hard. And it says hardens his face. It's like he sets his face like flint, you know, the wicked does, a wicked man does. Uh, but I would speak also of the hardening of the heart. New Testament talks about the hardening of the heart, right? And God's people are not to allow their hearts to get hardened. But it's not as hard as you think it might be to let your heart get hard. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. And so we pray every day, God, help us soften our heart, keep our heart where it needs to be, mold us, help us, shape us. I come from uh, my line, you know, my line of men and my family. We, uh, it's pretty natural, you know, for Nesbitt's to get a hard heart, can. And it's just the truth. I mean, it's something I have to fight against all the time because it's part of my DNA. You get hard. It's like talk to the hand. Go somewhere else. But that's not the way I need to be. And so I pray about that all the time. God, God help me. I want to be soft. I want soft. Okay? And the upright, right, he establishes way. The guy's walking right. He's not hard in his face. He's His way is true. He's walking in the right way, which is good. And that's the way we need to walk. All right, two more verses and we will finish this one. Hallelujah. Here we go. Verse 30, verse 30 says, there's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. Basically, this proverb is saying, you know, you can fight against God if you want to, but it's futile. There is no wisdom against the Lord. He knows more than you ever think about. No, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care what kind of scholar you think you are. There's no wisdom against the Lord. He created the very body we live in. He created the eyes that we look out through, the ears that hear. He created gravity. What the world is gravity? Nobody even knows what it is. We know it keeps us here. Brother Charles talked about that. Uh, he may want to, Brother Charles, you may want to put a post in there. Scientists are still like, well, it's not actually a magnet. What is gravity? It still baffles the mind. There's no wisdom against the Lord. There's no, I, I think about this, no understanding, no counsel. I think about these, these people that, you know, they think they, the, this wisdom, they think they have this knowledge and understanding. They talk about how silly it is. Uh, and you listen to them and it's like, you don't know anything. <laughs> you don't know anything. Yeah, you want to say that uh, just a spark. This, this, this earth created itself right. It, tell me something. You ever looked at a house? or a car or a building or an apartment building you ever looked at it and went hmm 
I bet that thing just created itself over millions of years. It just came into being, you know? It just decided, I'm gonna create it. How much more complex is your body or a tree or the ground or water? And you say, it created itself? No, creation screams creator. There's no way that you can get away from that. And all the people acting like they get away from it. It's not real. They'll have no excuse when they stand before the Lord. Amen and amen. Verse 31, the last verse of this chapter says, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. So when they battled in those days, right? They battled on horses, chariots. And you've seen it in movies Back in the days when you fought on the horse, the horse, they would even put armor on the horse on his head. They would put armor around his chest, right? Because you're preparing the horse for the day of battle. You're going to fight and you need protection for your horse as much as you need protection for you. And so you prepare the horse for the day of battle. But you got to remember victory or deliverance is of the Lord. And what this proverb is saying is we do what we can to be ready and prepared for the battle. And we should prepare for the battle. But never forget this. Victory, deliverance comes from God. At our very best, it does not matter how much we prepare. It does not matter how much we prepare. We must have God to have victory. Okay? And when God is in the midst... 300 people can put thousands to flight. This is what we see in Scripture, right? When God is in the midst, a little boy can overcome a giant. Recently, you know, during the state fair in Tennessee, uh, they had this image, this image that was built according to the scriptural dimensions of Goliath. I got some pictures with him. Maybe I'll show you someday when I'm thinking about it. Uh, standing beside this statue of Goliath, and he's built according to the measurements of Scripture. So if the Scripture is telling us the right measurements, this is the size of this guy. It's massive. No wonder all the men are trembling in their boots when Goliath is saying, come on out, somebody come fight me. Well, you know who stepped out to fight him? A boy. A boy that wasn't even big enough at this time, he couldn't wear the king's armor. The king is an adult. He couldn't put on the king's armor means he wasn't even as big as the king was, right? It was too big for him. But he goes out with a sling and a stone. He overcomes the giant. You know who gave that victory? God did. And we need to see that in our life. So, yes, prepare. Yes, have wisdom. Yes, do what we can do. But when it comes to the battle, victory belongs to God. Victory and deliverance is His. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy upon us today. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for your long-suffering with all of us. And help us, God, to just continue fighting the good fight of faith. Forgive us, Lord, for our weaknesses. Forgive us for our mistakes as we forgive others. Help us, Lord, to be who you've called us to be in the name of Jesus. 
All right, thank you for being here. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together and we will jump off here. And Lord willing, uh, we'll see you again in the morning. You want to come pray with me? Here, come here, daughter. Uh, what? Nothing. I was supposed to wave hi to someone. <laughs> Are you supposed to wave hi to someone? Mm -hmm, I was too asleep earlier, so. Okay. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I have one question, guys. Did it glitch today? Also, did it glitch anybody? Would you please let me know? We also want to let any of our Honduras team that may be watching know that our hearts are aching. Oh today my goodness! Yes. As we lost a precious member of our team, and oh, yes. pray for his family in the days to come as they lay his earthly shell to rest. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Thank you, wife. I totally just slipped my mind it didn't slip my mind that's one of the reasons i'm in a more somber mood is last night when we got out of revival we found out one of our hearts and hands for honduras team members passed away yesterday uh he fell asleep he gained his wings he went to be with the lord amen, amen. but it's still sad on this side you know been in honduras with this brother And, you know, praising the Lord was, brother, I can, all right. Uh, yeah, so we, we're going to have the Hearts and Hands for Honduras team uh, in prayer. And we're going to pray for Angeline. Angeline, just lift up her name as she lost her dear husband. And he went to be with Jesus. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Bye.